As Thomas said, we're engaging with the story from Acts today about Peter and this disciple named Tabitha. For some of us, we may be somewhat familiar with this story. For others of us, we probably are not so familiar. It's not one that we exactly preach on each and every year, but it is a very important text for the early church as Easter people, and for us too as Easter people. So hear now this word from Acts chapter 9, verses 36 through 43. Now in Joppa, there was a disciple whose name was Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. She was devoted to good works and acts of charity. At that time, she became ill and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in a room upstairs. Since Lydia was near Joppa, the disciples, who heard that Peter was there, sent two men to him with the request, Please, come to us without delay. So Peter got up and went with them, and when he arrived, they took him to the room upstairs. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was with them. Peter put all of them outside. And then he knelt down and he prayed. He turned to the body and said, Tabitha, get up. Then she opened her eyes and seeing Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and he helped her up. Then calling the saints and the widows, he showed her to be alive. This became known throughout Joppa. And many believed in the Lord. Meanwhile, he stayed in Joppa for some time with a certain Simon, a tanner. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me, please. God, we all come here today for a various number of reasons. Whatever has brought us here, whatever space we now find ourselves in with our mind and our spirit, we pray that you can reach us through your songs, through your prayers, those we sing, those we pray, and now to this message that we, that we engage through the words of this preacher. We pray that this preacher be nothing more than just a vessel, an instrument of your grace. Amen. Some folks knew her as Tabitha. Others would have called her Dorcas. Regardless of what they would have called her, she was special. She was exceptional. Some called her Tabitha, some called her Dorcas. You could actually take the the translation one step further in either Aramaic or Greek, and you could have called her the gazelle. She was the gazelle. She was special. Like a gazelle, she she was quick to move, but she was graceful. She was an extremely devout Christian. She was one of those Christians that we should all 
strive to be. She was quick to move, graceful. She cared for others. She made sure that, that her proclamation of faith was supported by her actions. She took care of widows, the people that Jesus emphasized a great deal that these folks need the greatest amount of care. She cared for widows. She, she kept them warm. It was her warm and loving and sacrificial heart that led her to being a great leader in the community. But one day, that warm and loving and sacrificial heart, it gave out. Tabitha perished. And it was as if the community's heart had been ripped from them. And truthfully, because of her importance in the community and the amount of love and care she had for the community, the community's heart had been ripped from it. This was a devastating loss. Heartbreaking. Meanwhile, not far away, with their hearts on the mend, the resurrected Jesus no longer around, Peter and the other disciples had at this point gotten to work in their own ministry. As witnesses to the risen Christ, they set out to many different places, telling the story, bearing witness to the resurrection, and being practitioners of resurrection. And word comes to Peter, the early church's rock, that this great woman of faith, this great missional mother, Tabitha, has perished. Peter hears of the community's heartbreak. Peter hears about the tears of the widows. And so Peter heads to Joppa. Luke, the writer of Acts, does not tell us what Peter's intention is as he heads to the place where Tabitha's lifeless body laid. This could easily be because Peter, as a spirit-led person, really doesn't know what his intention is. He just knows that he's been called to go somewhere, and so he goes. He feels the call to go to this hurting community. And so he goes, and he's met there by the widows. These hurting widows, they show him all of their clothes, the clothes that, that Tabitha had made for them. You can imagine the scene. You've probably witnessed scenes like it at this point in life. Greeting, uh, grieving, grieving people holding on to these tangible, invisible reminders of somebody who they loved. Grieving people grasping onto these things, reminding them of the love that the deceased had for them. In this case, it was uh, visible reminders of Tabitha's faithfulness and her care. She made this for me. You see this? She, she made this for me, and I cherish it because she cherished me when it felt as if nobody else would. It's heartbreaking. It's moving. And Peter is moved. And like a scene from John's gospel when Jesus is confronted by the weeping sisters of his friend Lazarus, Peter, after being confronted by the weeping widows, 
He goes into the space where the corpse is and he starts to pray. And he prays. And then he turns to the body and he speaks. Tabitha, get up. And just like that, after he speaks, she, she reanimates. Just like that, her, her eyes open. Just like that, she, she comes back to life. The profound has happened. The miraculous has happened. Life has been restored. What Jesus told his followers has come true. Remember what he told them? What was it that he said? See all these things that I'm doing? You'll be able to do all this too. Jesus told him, not only will, will you be able to do these things, but you'll be able to do so much more. And sure enough, Jesus was right. Because here is, is spirit-led Peter bringing people back to life with his words. Resurrection words. Resurrection words. And praise God that it happened. And praise God that it is possible. Dare I say, even still, it is possible. But sadly, this type of miracle is not something that I've experienced in ministry or otherwise. That is not to say that I've not witnessed my fair share of the miraculous the profound, and the unexplainable. I do think stories like the story of Tabitha are important for us to hear as 21st century people. We are caught up in the facts of the matter. We have a tendency to only believe what we see, and we have a sneaky suspicion about over half the things that we see. I'm glad some of y'all laughed at that. The first two worship services didn't laugh near as much as that. But, but, but how sad is it that we even have sneaky suspicions about half the things we see? We need to be reminded that the supernatural, the profound, the unexplainable is still capable of occurring in the world today. We occupy the same world that has had stones rolled away from tombs before. It's the same world. We occupy the, the same world that a resurrected carpenter went fishing in. It's the same world. We occupy the same world that, that, that Tabitha and Peter and those widows witnessed her coming back to life in. It's the same world, and therefore, the miraculous is still possible. And I've witnessed it to some degree, more than once. 
I've participated in it on one end of the deal or the other more than once. It just hasn't been in the bringing back to life a body that has long been dead. But I tell you what, and I'm going to testify a little bit this morning. I haven't done that in a while, so I hope it's okay, which actually doesn't matter if you think it's okay or not, because I'm in charge. So I want to testify, and I'm going to tell you that I've more than once been on the receiving end of resurrection words. There have been several times in life that, that I've felt a, a little dead on the inside, not, not big dead, but, but little dead, and, and along comes someone who speaks some words that bring life back into me. Have you ever experienced that? Wow. Well, it happened to me last Sunday. This is the testimony part. And I'm going to be honest, so please don't hold that against me. I came into the building before the 8.15 worship service, and, and I wasn't feeling it. The week before it had been hard. A few things had gone wrong, and, and, and I was just whipped. Like, life had... had had whipped me. And to be truly honest, I had felt as if there was some part of me that, that, was, that was dead on the inside that week. I was so glad to be in the house for worship, but I was far from feeling fully myself. And so we worshiped together at the 815, and, and we went to the communion table, and we were reminded that we were forgiven and, and, and loved by God and I felt some better. Not fully alive, but at least forgiven and loved by God. And, and I, I said the benediction over the 815 crowd, and it was not my best work. <laughs> and I, I made my way down to, to pick up my stuff so that I could go out into there to pour more coffee and, and me to prepare what would hopefully be a, a way better, sharper benediction at the conclusion of the next service. But as I grab my, my things, one of our members, one of my friends, he approached Pastor Katie and myself, and his eyes were watering. Now, I know him to be a loving man, but a tough man. He's a combat veteran who beautifully exemplifies the balance between strength and grace. And so with his eyes filled with tears, he tells Katie and myself, I love you, and I need you to know that. And then he says, I also need you to know that you have drastically changed my life. And at this moment, he's full-on emotional, and, and it's one of those moments that we preachers seldom experience where we're speechless. Um, I'm blown away by his words. But they were resurrection words, you see. Resurrection words. Just like that, I reanimate it. 
just like that, the, 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 the places inside of me that, that, that had felt dead, they, they didn't feel so dead anymore. Quite the contrary, I felt fully alive again. And it was his words that did that. His words brought me back to life. And I hope and I pray that God allows my memory to hold out through life so that I never, ever forget it. I'm not sure what I did to deserve it. I don't know what I did to deserve for him to speak such resurrection words over me, but let me tell you, it felt good. You know what's also really great? My friend did not have to have a seminary degree to be able to speak resurrection words. He did not have to have a thousand hours of clinical training to be able to bring me back to life with his words. And another great thing that is equally as great, if not greater, is that he didn't even know that I had a bad week. He had no clue. He had no clue how terrible I was feeling on the inside on that Sunday morning. He did not know, but the Spirit did. And it's beautiful to know that, that God still works in the world that way. It's beautiful to know that God still works in the world that way through us. It's beautiful to know that, that each and every one of us can speak words of life, resurrection words, into the lives of other people and have their, their, their dead places come back to life as a result. It doesn't have to be, Tabitha, get up. It can be as simple as, thank you for being you. It can be just as simple as, I love you. It can be just as simple as, you really mean something to me. It can be as simple as, you know, seeing you really brightens my day. Or I love the sound of your voice. Oh, how I've missed it. It can be as simple as, are you okay? It can be as simple as, I'm better because there's a you. It can be just as simple as simple can be. We just need more of it. We need more of it. Less criticism. Fewer complaints. Less bickering. More I love yous. More you are special to me. Those types of words, they bring things back to life. I get so tired of hearing how Christianity is a dying thing in certain parts of the world these days, including our own part of the world. I get so tired of hearing it because I know that the data shows that those who are saying it have a really good reason to be saying it. It's frustrating. It's frustrating because at times it appears as if those who are saying it are right. The church needs resurrection words spoke in it, spoke to it, and spoke from it. We all need it. 
individually and collectively. The church is not dying. We just we need more people to speak words of life inside the walls and out to one another and to our neighbors. You know, Peter and them, back then, they, they didn't have a whole lot of people. It was just a handful. They were walking around and they were, they were, they were speaking these resurrection words. They were, they were bringing dead things back to life. They were bringing life to places that it seemed as if they could no longer sustain life. And they did it with just a few. Look how they changed everything. The power of those words. The power of the gospel. You know, we at Pinehurst United Methodist Church, we have close to the same number of people that they had at that point. What if... What if we took seriously the call in our lives to be people who practice resurrection by speaking words of life into the lives of others? And then what if, as we go out and we do that, person by person, word by word, what if other people start seeing us do it and they're like, you know what? Something about this seems, seems right. And then what if everybody else who, who claims that Christ is the risen Lord, what if everybody else starts speaking resurrection words, bringing life into dead places? What if? Wouldn't that be something? It should be something. We cannot do it all at once. But we have to start somewhere. So why don't we start today? I'll go first. You are alive. And because of that, you are good. You are beautiful. And you are loved. Here soon, it's going to be your turn. Get up. Let us pray. God, we thank you for life. We pray for those who need to hear those, those resurrection words. We pray, God, that you would put the right person in the right place at the right time with the right word to bring them back to life from their little dead and their big dead and all the other types of dead. We pray, God, that if that is us, that you would, you would make it happen. We pray, God, that if it is not us, that you would equip us with the right word and put us in the right place at the right time to make resurrection a reality in little ways and big ways for people everywhere. It is the name of the risen one that we pray these things through. And all God's people say, amen.